Hello everyone, welcome to Screen Scream on Viola. It has been pretty cold recently. I hope you all stay warm. In today's episode, we're going to talk about Asian power and Tom Holland. So if you are a Tom Holland fan, don't miss today's episode. So let's start one of the new Asian movies. Jujutsu Kaisei Zero, the movie. Yuta Okozu is haunted ever since his childhood friend Lika died in a traffic accident. Her ghost has stuck with him, but her spirit does not appear as the sweet girl Yuta once knew. Instead, she manifests as a monstrous and powerful entity who fiercely protects him. Unable to control Lika's violent behavior, Yuta is helpless to stop the bloodshed that follows from her brutal vengeance. As a result, when apprehended by Jujutsu Sorceress, the secret guardians of the world tries to combat forces like Lika. Yuta wishes to be completely isolated so that no one else can get hurt. Yet his apprehender, the master sorcerer Satoru Gojo, has different plans for him. He will join Jujutsu High School and learn to control Lika in order to help people. Now, a first year at this school, Yuta starts to learn Jujutsu art and combat malignant beings. Alongside his new classmate Maki Zanin, a Jujutsu weapons expert, Koge Inumaki, a spellcaster who uses his words as weapons, and Panda, a seemingly walking and talking panda bear. Yuta begins to find his place in the world and, for once, to feel comfortable with his abilities. However, as his training progresses, Yuta comes to learn that the dangers of the Jujutsu would go far beyond that of wicked spirits. Wow, the introduction was so long, and not that we gave out spoilers. It just sounds like a very complicated story. Similar to Demon Slayer, Jujutsu Kaisei is also another popular manga recently. And so today, I'm going to introduce this movie they're going to release. If you do watch Jujutsu Kaisei, you will probably be familiar with the name, Yuta. But actually, this latest movie is the first time that Yuta officially appears in this series. Although Yuta is the protagonist of this prequel, he actually only appears in the first season of the manga for a glimpse only, and other times he's only mentioned by other characters. Something special about this character is that the dubber for it is Ogata Megumi, a female dubber. Actually, it's very common for female dubbers to dub a male character's voice, but usually it's with kids. And with Yuta, he's already a senior high student. It's very unusual that a female dubber dubs his voice. But this dubber is famous for her deep voice. And that's the reason why she dubs for a lot of male characters. After talking about the dubbing, of course I still need to talk about this popular manga's latest prequel itself. The comic of Jujutsu Kaisei is still undergoing, and the stories about all different curses created by humans' negative emotions, and those sorcerers who are willing to get rid of these 
spirits or cursed items that are hazardizing humans' world. Since the popularity of the comic only increases, the anime with the same name was released two years ago. And even though the airtime was a midnight due to content regulation, it still got the best viewing rate in Japan for several weeks and was even the champion for two months in a row. That's really amazing. I personally didn't watch this because I'm afraid of ghosts, even if it's just anime. Because Demon Slayer is scary enough for me, I don't dare to watch this at all. But if you like it, I recommend you to watch the movie this weekend. And now, let's move on to the second Asian movie we're going to talk about today. Revolution of Our Times Due to political restrictions in Hong Kong, this documentary following protesters since 2019 is broken into pieces, each containing interviews and historical context of the conflict. Wow, the second new movie we're going to talk about today is Revolution of Our Times. It's a document about the anti-extradition law amendment bill movement in Hong Kong, and the crew prevents the whole process of this movement to the audience. If you look into details of this document, you will notice that the director Kiwi Zhou is the only creator that has his name on it because of the political situation. The director wants to protect his crew and maybe some of the crew members don't even want to have their names on it. Maybe they still live in Hong Kong, maybe they're afraid that their safety will be threatened, things like that. So basically, the movie's about when a government loses its conscience, what should its people do? Of course, when I say that the government loses its conscience, I have my own stand. But ideology always takes a side. So in this documentary, you will see from seven different groups of people's perspectives, including reporters that got hit and social workers, old farmers who tried to protect his kids, drivers from the parents, medics outside of the conflict, college students who threw gasoline bombs, and high school students who left their own goodbye letters to their family. It documents all the details that people in Hong Kong are protecting the freedom they should have in this democratic process. After this documentary was played in Cannes Film Festival, since it presents exactly what the Hong Kong people, the government, and the police fight on the street, medias from other countries were shocked and it got international attention right away. Film authority media Variety even said that Cannes Film Festival was making a diplomatic gamble. Because it's possible that China will not allow any film from Cannes Film Festival to be released in China. And Revolution of Our Times ended up winning the Best Documentary at the 58th Golden Horse Awards. It really means something. So I highly recommend you to watch it. 
Oh, the ambience of the show just became so serious. But we're going to talk about something exciting, so cheer up. And before we move on to the second section, let me tell you what we had from last week first. There were two top threes: Death on the Nile and Jackass Forever. Top two last year was Sing Two, and top one was Moonfall. Let's see what we get from top seven to top four this week. Top five: Drive My Car. Spider-Man: No Way Home. We started getting some visitors. Top four: Jackass Forever. My best friend's breakfast. Okay, as I mentioned in the beginning of the show, we're going to talk about Tom Holland in the second section. So I believe you know I'm going to talk about Spider-Man: No Way Home. But I'm not going to talk about the movie because it's already been on chart for more than two months. I don't think I have anything to say about it anymore. I want to talk about the relationship between Tom Holland and Zendaya. Not about gossip, but the fact that I think they are a very cute couple. For example, there's a picture about Tom Holland and Zendaya going out, and Zendaya puts her hand on Tom Holland's waist. You may say, "Oh, that's so sweet," and what's wrong with it? But the thing is, you know, Zendaya is taller. So it looks really funny that Zendaya seems like to be the male in the relationship, and Tom Holland the opposite. But as a feminist or as an advocate of LGBTQ+, I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't say that women need to behave in a certain way and men the other way. But my point is just that they are a really cute couple. Speaking of Zendaya's height. Something interesting happened when they were shooting Spider-Man: No Way Home as well. There were a bunch of scenes that Spider-Man needs to swing with MJ in his arms, but the problem is again Zendaya is taller. So when they're doing this stunt, Zendaya would actually land earlier than Tom Holland. So she either has to bend her legs or bows a little bit. So that the audience wouldn't tell she's already on the land and Tom Holland hasn't yet. But that's just so cute. Time really flies when we're talking about something funny or not serious. So it's time for our top three to top one. Top three, marry me. Yes, I'll marry you. Moonfall. There's no need to panic. Not crazy. Why are they lying about all this? Top two, Uncharted. They're not gone. They're just lost. Top one, Death on the Nile. When you have money, no one is ever really your friend. It's too late. Okay, I believe you all know which movie I'm going to talk about. Since it's the Tom Holland special feature. We're going to talk about his latest film, Uncharted. If you go check the introduction of Uncharted, you may say, "What? Another video game adaptation?" Well, yes, it's a video game adaptation, but it's very different from the other ones. 
In the video game, the protagonist is 30-something, and his partner is 60-something. So it seems a little bit different from Tom Holland and Mark Wahlberg. The difference is about 10 years apart. And that is because this movie is like a prequel. So no matter the character design, the plot, or the background, the crew has all freedom to them. But of course, the movie still keeps a lot of elements from the video games to keep its fans, such as the action scenes or classic storylines, to fulfill the fans' wishes to see all these elements in the movie. But what's so special about this movie is that it's a cooperation between action movie stars from two generations. You know what? In order to play the character well, Tom Holland even went to a famous fashion restaurant in London to learn how to bartend. And he eventually learned how to make cocktails, how to throw bottles, and all those cool tricks. And although Tom Holland is the leading actor of Uncharted, actually, it was Mark Wahlberg all the time. But because there were many different directors come and go, and the script was rewritten many times, Mark Wahlberg ended up feeling hopeless and left. But thanks to Tom Holland that he became the executive producer of the film, he put a lot of effort to make this movie a reality. Tom Holland said that it all started when he was filming Spider-Man No Way Home. He talked to Sony Pictures that he thinks it's a good idea to film a movie of young James Bond. Although that idea wasn't great, but it gave Sony Pictures an idea that they can create a movie about Uncharted of a younger version. And that's how Tom Holland became the executive producer of Uncharted. Although Uncharted doesn't seem like a great movie, if you like Tom Holland, I recommend you to watch it. Because according to friends who have seen it, Tom Holland is very hot in the movie. And I heard that there are some unnecessary topless scenes. So that's all the recommendation I can give for you. If you like today's show, please share it for us. And remember to tune in same time next week at Screen Screen. I'm Viola. See you next week.